Welcome to the Deliverance from Demons podcast. My name is Dennis Andros. And uh, this podcast, we're going to be talking and sharing the testimony of someone that's uh, pretty important in my life. My father-in-law, we're going to be interviewing him. We're going to talk about the importance of forgiveness. Um, we're going to talk about how bitterness has demonic roots in our life. James chapter 3 says that bitter envy and selfish ambition in the heart are demonic. And we're going to talk about that today. And, uh, you know, Matthew 18, Jesus told a parable about the unforgiving servant. His, uh, his master, he owed his master, I believe, 10,000 talents, which would be more than you could ever pay in your life. And his master forgave him freely, wiped his debt, and then this man turned around and wouldn't forgive the much, much smaller debt of another person. And, uh, his master found out about it and uh, locked him up and handed him over to the torturers or the tormentors, depending on the translation, until the whole debt could be paid. And um, today we want to talk about, um, you know, firsthand experience with these torturers, tormentors, these spirits that bring unforgiveness, these spirits that come into our lives when we do not forgive people. And uh, yeah, so just want to introduce my father-in-law, Jim Maher. Hi, Dennis. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. It's definitely a powerful thing to share your testimony. The Word says we overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And that testimony is many-faceted, I believe. You know, it's the testimony of our confession of faith in Christ, but also we overcome the enemy when we share what Jesus has freed us from and, you know, take those talents because it's a, it's a talent that he's invested into you and multiplying talents tonight, Jim. So I'm very grateful that you're here. Amen. Thank you. Yep. So <clears throat> we're going to, we've got some notes here that we're going to sort of walk through and um, I'll be asking Jim some questions and we'll go back and forth a bit here, but we're going to tell a story that spans probably what, about 20 years of your life? Started as a young kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it started early in childhood. The The devil does not play fair. Um, in the Bible, we see a child that was tormented by demons. You'd have, the, the demons would seize him and try to throw him into fire and try to drown him in water. And uh, Jesus set this boy free. So, we know the enemy doesn't play fair, but today I want to talk about that, how um, the enemy had an influence in your life as a young child. So yeah, tell us a bit about that. Well, I think I was about five years old and like most five-year-old kids, I really excited about learning to ride a bike. And, <laughs> uh, we had a steep driveway, I came off that steep driveway and went across the cul-de-stack, hit a curb and <clears throat> I hit my head and knocked myself out. And I woke up on the couch in the family room in my house and so i had a concussion well little did i know that uh i didn't know till years later when i got delivered uh, that i had picked up uh, some demons in that event and so from that time on i began to have uh, nightmares and hear voices uh, that were accompanying these nightmares and um, they were terrifying nightmares I was like on a 
uh, roller coaster track, and I was in two positions. I was in uh, op opposing roller coaster tracks that would meet at the center, and somehow I would be on both tracks at the same time, on my back, on wheels, and I would be pushed down the roller coaster and caused to slam head to head into myself. <laughs> and it was a terrifying uh, um, moment, you know, waiting for that to happen. And these voices were involved uh, in intensifying that, that fear and that anxiety. And so I had these recurring nightmares growing up as a kid. And uh, later on, uh, the nightmares did stop. Um, a few years later, I was still probably 10 or 12 when, I, when that stopped. But the, the voices kind of came in and out uh, of my daily activities um, and caused anxiety. And I didn't really, I didn't put two and two together that these voices, because they were, there wasn't a fearful situation. So I didn't uh, associate them with anything evil. It just kind of were there and they would cause some little anxiety and I just lived with them. I think a lot of people live with things like this where, um, you know, maybe they, they have thoughts throughout the day that, you know, are, it, it almost seems like it's your own internal narrative, right? Is that how, how it was for you where these thoughts, the, these voices would appear in your mind and you almost thought that they were your own internal narrative, you talking to yourself, so to speak, or a reaction to your environment, maybe? Not so much in this case, because the voices were many. There were several voices speaking at once, oh. kind of mumbling and jumbling the meaning. It was kind of, it didn't really follow a sentence or an, you would hear a couple words here and there. It, it it wasn't coherent. It was kind of incoherent. So that's, it's kind of strange. But sure. It was like mumbling, kind of quiet. Okay. Yeah, I guess it, it does differ from person to person, but I think a lot of people have um, something kind of similar, although it's, it's, it's more coherent for a lot of people, I think, when they have these voices that torment them. Um, so at, at this time, you, you didn't recognize these as demonic. Um, you didn't recognize that this was evil. Um, what did you think they were, if, if you even thought about them at all? I really didn't consider it as being something separate from me. And sure. I just, I didn't even question it. It's just. Yeah, you just thought these were this part is of your part mind. Of, this is part of life, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Never questioned it really. Sure. Did you have a religious upbringing as a kid? I did. Uh, I was um, raised in a Catholic home. We had five kids. Uh, and. Uh, went through a couple of years of parochial school. My, my siblings went through, all the way through parochial school. But, um, yeah, it was, I loved Jesus as a, as a kid, but then about 11 years old, we, we, we quit uh, going to the Catholic Church, and I quit going to church altogether. My parents ended up going to um, a full gospel church. And uh, I wanted nothing to do with Jesus uh, from that time on. Was there any particular reasons that you didn't want anything to do with Jesus? Well, I didn't 
I didn't care. They were pushy. Hmm. They were trying to push me into this religion. And, and by the time I was 12 or 13, I had already been smoking pot. And sure. uh, I, was, I thought I was going to be a cool guy, you know. Yeah. It wasn't cool to follow Jesus. Yeah. Okay. What, what was the reasoning behind your parents leaving the Catholic religion and um, uh, joining a full gospel church, so to speak? Well, they went to uh, a Crisio, which is kind of a Catholic retreat that was held by the priests, and they actually uh, got born again. They had an experience oh, wow. with the Holy Spirit, and the priest there was very forward-thinking, and he uh, led them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So they both went, my, both my parents went on separate Crisios, uh, and both found the Lord at that time. And so they were yearning for so much more. They wanted to read the Bible. And so they went to a church that gave them that opportunity. Hmm. Wow. That's interesting. I, I have a friend who you've met. Um, I'll say his name because I'm sure he doesn't care. Uh, Mark Baumgartner, currently out in Cambodia as a missionary. Um, he was raised in the, in the Catholic faith also. And um, as a, I remember, young teenager, I believe, he went to like a Catholic uh, retreat of some kind and he encountered catholic people praying in tongues and moving in the gifts of the holy spirit and he didn't know that that was a thing even but he encountered that in the catholic church which was i found that was kind of interesting i mean god's not impartial i i know people who've gotten born again because they took the eucharist and went home and collapsed and shook and convulsed on the floor and got up feeling lighter and all their anger was gone so the lord will meet people in any situation, I believe, if they want, want to seek him. Of course, yes, I yeah. agree with that. So, you didn't want to anything to do with Jesus. Your parents get born again. Um, somewhere along the line, your your parents get involved in the ministry of deliverance, of casting out evil spirits. How'd that start? Well, their church uh, had taught uh, such things, you know, these signs will follow those who believe that shall cast out demons in my name. And they were living by the Bible, literally. So uh, they started doing it for people that were having problems. Um, and uh, eventually, I, even though I wasn't involved in their church, I, they did hold some events at our house, Bible studies and such. And I did notice that they were praying for some people, deliverance. Uh, that, that's what they described it as. And I'm like, oh, wow. And of course, at that time, you know, the idea of exorcism was kind of in the consciousness of uh, everyone because the movie The Exorcist had just come out and um, people had watched that. So we, we all kind of had a little uh, primer, you know, for, for that kind of thing. And for me, so it didn't seem strange that uh, I might have something like that. So, yeah, you say it, it was it was kind of a primer. So you told you were talking to me earlier before we recorded this. We were taking notes about how um, you were involved in the music scene, and um, there was someone at a drumming lesson. I I remember. That's was, right. Yeah, yeah. Talk about that story. Yeah, there was a famous drummer named Induku Chancellor was giving a. a a clinic, drum clinic, and uh, someone in the audience asked him about uh, Santeria, 
and the the drum beats that go with Santeria and uh he he was uh very guarded and he did not want to talk about that because uh and I found out later Santeria was a very occult witchcraft from uh, South America and so but at that time and this was the the week that I got delivered and I got saved uh I was like dead bent on finding everything I could out about all this stuff and so I was probably at the door of going into you know some deep darkness and uh the cult yeah so what made you really think something needed to change in your life because you're not a christian you're doing drugs you're playing music that you probably shouldn't have been playing um what what made you think something needed to change well i was practicing my drums one day and as i did you know i tried to practice about three hours a day or so and uh and i noticed these voices these same voices i heard all my life and i recognized that wow, what, what are these voices? And I, I got objective all of a sudden. It was as if the Holy Spirit was, was showing me that this is, not, this is not you, Jim. This is an entity that is not you, and it, it's evil. You got creeped out by it. You didn't I, like it. I did, and I, at that point in my life, I, I really wanted to... I did understand that love was the answer, and I thought that I was going to uh, be a, on a crusade of love and, you know, through music. So and, when you... and, and I realized that these evil things were not going to allow me to, do, to accomplish my goal. Sure. So what were your first thoughts when you noticed that these things are not you? Did, did, they, did they become aware that you noticed them, so to speak? Do you feel like that happened? I don't think so. I just, to me, it was like, these things don't go with my goals in life. Sure. They're evil, and I'm not evil. I thought to myself, I want to do good in this earth. And I wasn't going to follow Jesus, but at that moment when I realized, well, <laughs> Jesus is the only one that has an answer for this. Yeah. So I went to my dad, and I, I, I told my dad, I said, Dad, I think I need deliverance. Yeah. Can, can you help me with that? Was he excited that you came and asked him that? Was he hesitant? Was he... You know, his eyes got wide open, and he was very, like, on the edge of his chair. He was like, wow. wow. I could tell he was surprised, because I had given him no indication that I was about to repent and turn toward the Lord. Come out of the blue for, for him and my mom and my brothers and sisters who were uh, saved prior to me he'd probably been praying for you for a long time yes he had so you tell you go to your dad and you tell him you want deliverance does what did he tell you did he say this is gonna happen in two seconds and you're gonna be totally fine nothing you're not gonna have to change your life at all what did he tell you well he told me he says that we can help you we can cast the demons out but unless you repent and uh turn your life over to jesus um, they can just come back in. And so you'll never really get deliverance permanently. So I had a, a decision to make. And uh, so I, I called my girlfriend and met with my girlfriend, and I talked it over. I said, I, said, uh, I told her I'd, I was going to have to change my life and 
follow the Lord. And she had she had gone to church as a child, and she said, you know, I I used to be closer, and I think I would like to be closer with the Lord too. So I thought, wow, <laughs> okay then, you know, that, that worked, worked out. out. I didn't yeah. have to give up my girlfriend. So. But you know, we did. I did repent of immorality, you know, and sure. and smoking pot and things, doing drugs and all that, you know, that those kind of known sins had to go. Mm -hmm. Did uh, did you tell your girlfriend about the uh, the evil spirits you thought you needed deliverance from? Well, yeah, she knew why I was making that decision because I did tell her about that, and uh, yeah. It's awesome that she was supportive and that you had a people that could help you get through it because a lot of people have no, they don't know what to do. Right. A yeah. Lot. I was blessed with support. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a hard place to be. Yeah. If, if you're, a, even if you're a born again Christian who has, comes to the understanding that, wow, I have evil in my life and I need it gone. A lot of people have no idea where to turn. Right. The, the first thing they think of is the exorcist movie and they, you know, they think their head's going to spin around and that they got to go to a Catholic priest and they got to do some rites and, um, you know, I mean, it's big blown up deal. Right? Yeah. And the devil's undefeatable and yeah. Yeah. All these things, which I mean, are the, the enemy, the enemy that we face does have significant amounts of power, but we're far above him in Christ Jesus. If we stand in Christ Jesus and, understand uh who we are who he is and our duty as a christian um yeah we've got authority over these entities they do have a lot of power and they're pretty darn smart things i mean they've been messing with humanity for thousands of years but um yeah a lot of people they find out they got a demon and they don't know who to talk to they don't know what to do the you know and it's a scary place to be. So it's, yeah, it's a blessing that you had your dad there. So. Yes. Yeah. So you decide to repent. Um, what'd that look like? Well, I it was just saying a prayer, saying the sinner's prayer with my dad, repeating after him and, um, really meaning, uh, the prayer and, and making the commitment and with all my heart to follow through on it. I just knew that, that, that this was it. You know, I wasn't turning back. Mm -hmm. And so we prayed that prayer. And then uh, my dad prayed and he had the word of knowledge and he was able to um, pinpoint the Lord gave him the name of the demon. It was called Masticator. And also uh, that it came in when I was a young child. What did, uh, what does Masticator mean exactly? You, you explained it earlier. It's like Masticating is like, you know, it's funny, these names would come out of the blue. You know, the, the Lord would give my dad these names. And they were very indicative of what these demons were. Like, you could relate to... Yeah, their name these, is their function. It's yeah, like, it's like cool. their name is their function. So, mastication is something that you do with, with your molars when you're chewing meat. And you chew it over and over and over until it's soft and really ground up. And it's kind of like, uh, you know excessive chewing like a chewing uh the cud or something like that you know so it's mm -hmm. and it's kind of the way the voices were they're kind of like a grinding voices so 
you said the sinner's prayer with your father. You, you placed your faith in Jesus Christ for real. You knew he was Lord. You confessed your sin before him. What happened? Did these demons immediately fly out of your mind and out of your body? or No. <laughs> no, they didn't, did they? No, so, sir. They, they, they put up a fight. Yeah, your dad started praying, trying to cast them out, right? Yeah, as soon as he, uh, we renounced these things, I said, I renounce you, and I get out of my life, and I want no part of you from this day forward. Um, my dad began to invoke the name of Jesus and the blood of Christ, and these things began to seem run through my body from head to toe, scurrying through and beginning to become very agitated and very uncomfortable, you know, squirming. And as, as the time wore on, um, it began to cripple my hands and cause my hands and arms to kind of spasm and tense up uh, as if crippled to try to scare me, I think. And um, this went on for some hours. And we, we had some uh, while this challenges, was, for sure. Yeah, while, while this was going on, um, did, the, did these entities speak through your mouth at all? Well, the thoughts would come to my mind, you know, foul things. I was able to not actually say those foul things to my father because out of respect. So I felt like I was in control. I was mo uh, moderating what was going on. It was like it was like I was a witness to what was going on. At the same time, I was experiencing what in my emotions what the demon was experiencing uh, in the torment, uh, hearing Jesus' name, his the uh, words about his blood and so forth. Mm -hmm. They don't like the blood of Jesus. It was very tormenting. They were very. It was not fun to go through. I'll tell you that. Yeah. But I knew at any moment I could put a stop to it. But that was not my intent. I was there to get delivered. And so I w was allowing these demons to manifest. So the reason I bring this up, I want to, I want to cover this for people who are listening. Um, when, you are, when you are praying for a person that has an evil spirit that needs to be cast out, there is a spectrum of manifestation that may occur. Um, some people, absolutely nothing happens at all. Some people will hear things in their mind or feel sensations in their body. Um, some people will, the, the entities will take over their vocals and begin to speak out of their mouth. And uh, some, sometimes they can control the body to move it around. Um, and the individual who has the demon, ha there, there's a spectrum of consciousness that the individual will have. Um, and I, I don't know exactly why. Um, I think it has something to do with maybe the size and power of the demonic spirit. It might have something to do with the level uh, of integration that they have in the mind and body of the believer or the person receiving deliverance, whether they're a believer or not. Um, I think it has, there's many factors that go into it. But some people are like Jim, where 
they are aware of what's happening and they can control whether or not they let the demon manifest, but they feel the emotions and, and hear the thoughts and, and, and feel physical sensations. Whereas, whereas some people, they're almost unconscious when it happens. The demon will fully manifest and speak for minutes on end, maybe even hours on end, complaining, crying, threatening you, blaspheming Christ, whatever. I mean, they'll, they'll come up, fully take over the vessel, and the person is completely unconscious. When, when the entity either comes out of their body or goes back into hiding in, inside of the body, um, the person will come back and say, what just happened? They'll have no recollection of what happened at all. They won't have any understanding of what happened. And uh, th th it's a spectrum. Um, some people are fully present. Some are not present at all. And every situation is different. So I just wanted to cover that real quick. Um, a little teachable moment. So anyways, this went on for you for a couple hours, right? You're, you're rolling around on the floor and stuff even, right? Well, not quite at that point. Not quite then? Okay. Yeah. So... Things aren't going well. The, the demon's not coming out. Yeah, so my dad's scratching his head and thinking, well, why aren't we moving forward here? Mm -hmm. So he prayed, and I, I think he got the word from the Lord that, you know, there's unforgiveness. And, you know, this is all new to me. I don't really know anything about Christianity too much, you know. So he just said, Jim, um, just search your heart for anyone that you have you're holding something against and go through your relationships and see if the, you have bitterness or for unforgiveness in your heart that's holding on that could be blocking you know what we're doing because the de demons will stand on on sin on willful sin and so i thought for a few minutes and i i, I identified three people that I did have a lot of bitterness toward one was my dad actually, and um, uh, I just forgave them right then and there. I just said I forgive these people. I release them completely forever, and I'm th I'm you know total yep. unconditional forgiveness. And uh, once I did that, we began to have the breakthrough. So your dad began to pray again after you forgave these people. Yes. And then you rolled around on the floor, correct? Well, yeah, it seemed like the, the manifestation intensified the cramps. Eventually, I was on the ground slithering like a snake, you know, cur you know twisting and like so. And uh, then it just broke. You didn't cough or vomit or anything? I, I was, earlier I was coughing and I wasn't vomiting. I was coughing and yawning, but it, we weren't getting this, this guy out. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe other demons were leaving in the process. Sure. You know, yeah, it's hard to tell. Yeah, it's hard to say. But I knew this one was, was very uh, stalwart and was going to stay this thing through, but um, it wasn't but a, another 20, minutes before it broke and it i just collapsed in I, all my muscle you know i was cramped up every all my muscles relaxed 
I, it was a sigh of relief. I was like, I was just set free. So did you lay there for a minute and just thank God? Or what did, what did you do? You hop around? Well, I just, <laughs> I just, my dad was like, is that it? How, how you know, how are you feeling? That's, that's what he would ask. How are you feeling? And I, I said, I just feel like I just had a big weight taken off my shoulders. Amen. So yeah. prior to this, prior to this, how frequently would you say you heard those evil voices in your mind? Uh, probably, probably on a daily basis. Sure. Just not, you know, knowing what they were. They, just moments of anxiety, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, your father told you before you started deliverance that you needed to truly and sincerely repent and that if you didn't, they would try to come back. Right. And we know from the words of Jesus that when an evil spirit comes out of its house, it goes into the dry places and seeks rest and can't find any. And then it'll try to come back to its house, which is the person that it came out of. Um, did, you, did you see these entities try to return to their house? Uh, the, I think the following day. The following day I was alone, and it did, the, the masticator did try to return. And I recognized it immediately and said, no, my dad had warned me. And I said, no way. In Jesus' name, you are not coming back in. You're done here. Never again. It never came back after that. That's awesome. That's awesome. Was it a feeling of anxiety? Was it the voice? How, how it did it those, manifest it were the, it, I heard those voices sure. at all talking at once. Mm -hmm. And I and immediately cut it off because awesome. I just. You and know, you never heard them again. I never heard them again. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Um, so was that the end of your deliverance process or did you need to receive more deliverance after that? No, uh, I, I still had other demons of anger and all kinds of things that uh, needed to be addressed, um, which my father, you know, made himself available. And we did some sessions after that. Um, but deliverance is kind of an ongoing thing, I think, for the Christian. Mm -hmm. And uh, over the years, uh, many, many demons have, have uh, come, and, well, come and gone, too. I mean, in some points in my life, I had given a foothold to Satan and uh, some hitchhikers, you know, got involved and then had then come clean again and submitted to the Lord. And then you have to deal with those guys, you know, and you have to deny their influence upon your life and in your thought life. Yeah, it is a process. Um... When Joshua went into the promised land, he had a lot of enemies to drive out. He spent his whole life doing it, and they still didn't get them all out. That's right. Yeah. Well, it's definitely great having you share your testimony. Um, what kind of advice would you have for Christians in general or people that are dealing with unforgiveness or 
anger or anything of this nature? Well, I think over the years, I've learned that uh, to agree with evil on any level is to make uh, give a foothold for uh, d the forces of darkness to operate in your life. And you need to be very careful of what you agree with, what your mouth will confess. And, but at the same time, you know, the Lord has given us authority. Jesus' authority is uh, the power to deliver, you know. It's always there, and we can self-deliver. It's a matter of deciding to reject these ideas in agreement with evil and to renounce them and take away their foothold. And then these enemies, they, they can't operate. They can't do their job. Once, they, once you d deny them their entrance or their control of your mind and your thoughts and emotions, they, their job is done. They can't do anything because you are sovereign. And um, they will leave because they're, whoever their boss is is going to tell them, well, you're not doing anything here. I got to get you over here somewhere else. you know. And I think that's exactly what happens because you, you just deny them uh, any sort of uh, success. And so I don't think it's something to worry about. I think, I think it's actually a natural process for the Christian to, to self-deliver, to learn to self-deliver over time. At first, you'll need some help. I needed my father's help. I didn't know what to do. And so if, if you think you might have some influence like that in your life, reach out and get some help. And eventually, you will learn on your own how to deal with uh, these menacing spirits. I think a lot of people receive self-deliverance without even realizing it. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, a lot of Christians see something in their mind that they don't like, and they just sort of say, you know, get behind me, Satan, and they go about their life. And they don't realize, I don't think, the seriousness of what they just said and the implication of that and how they actually just might have warded off an evil attack. Right. Yeah. I mean, once God gives you a vision what's right and what's wrong, and you can say to yourself, never again. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, that's a, that's a way of self-deliverance right there. Absolutely. It's a, at the very least, it's going to hinder them from advancing their agenda in your life. Yes. Yeah. And that's the goal. So um, well, I, think, I think it's a good time for us probably to sort of wrap this up with, I'd like to pray for the audience. Um, and not just for their deliverance from unforgiveness, but also um, maybe to help them with the words to say if they don't know how to forgive someone. And uh, so maybe would you mind starting uh, leading people in a prayer of forgiving others and, um, and then I'll pray for their deliverance after you do that? Sure. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your tender care over us and that you've extended to us total amnesty, Lord, total unconditional forgiveness for our sins. And how, Lord, how could we not forgive others 
when our debt is so huge and their debt to us is so small in comparison. Lord, we thank you for this ability to forgive every person that has done us wrong, every person that has meant evil toward us. It's easy for us to forgive because, Lord, your scripture says that what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. Lord, you can flip the script on any situation and make something good out of the bad thing that happened to you. So, Lord, we pray that you would bless our audience and they could come to, uh, come to reason with the Lord. And as the Lord says, though your sins be as scarlet, I will make them white as snow. And Lord, we pray that you would gift this same kindness in the hearts of those struggling with unforgiveness to, to come reason with their uh, person who's hurt them and say, I'll let you off the hook. I'll, I'll consider you white as snow. I'll love you as if you've never done this thing. Amen. Okay. So, so everyone that's listening, I'm going to say a prayer for you real quick. And I'm believing in faith that the Holy Spirit will bring to your mind people that you need to forgive. Um, you might even need to forgive yourself. You might even need to forgive the Lord. A lot of people are angry at God. And um, yeah, so Holy Spirit, I ask in the mighty name of Jesus that you would reveal to these people, to our listeners, the bitter roots they have, the anger they have, the unforgiveness they have towards you, towards themselves, towards people in their life. And as these people come to mind, guys, just tell Jesus, say, Lord Jesus, I forgive them like you forgave me. And you have to choose and really mean it. And stand on it for the rest of your life. You have to view these people as completely forgiven. White as snow, like it never happened. And you need to love them like Jesus loved you. So. Right, and it's a it's a daily walk. I mean, it is. You will you will encounter times where you might slip back into unforgiveness, but mm-hmm. you just have to stay the course and just keep keep confessing your forgiveness to these people. Yes. Keep affirming it over and over again, and because you know this is how you remain free. Mm-hmm. You know, some people said that I forgive someone and set them free, but really, I found out it was really me that I set free. You know, I mean, it was myself. Yeah setting myself free of a burden that I was carrying, uh, holding that unforgiveness. Yeah. I think we hurt ourselves more than we could possibly hurt that person by not forgiving them. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So, Father, I thank you that you forgive these people as they forgive others. And Lord, we just ask in Jesus' name that you would release them from every single root of bitterness, every single pain, trauma. Father, I just ask that you would release your perfect love and your healing power right now into their hearts and minds. Lord Jesus, you said you came to bind up the brokenhearted and to free the captives. And so right now, 
we come into agreement with that and we speak that into their lives we bind up the brokenness in their hearts in jesus name and we speak liberty to the captives every evil spirit operating against these people bringing painful memories to the surface tormenting them harassing them making them angry at others angry at themselves angry at the lord unforgiving and unwilling to move forward everything that fills their mind and pollutes them with trash like this you come out now in the name of jesus christ get out of their life get out of their mind leave and never return in the name of jesus christ and by the authority of jesus christ your power is broken your assignment is canceled you come out now in jesus name everything that tries to stir up negative emotions when you even think about somebody that's hurt you get out in jesus name right now everything that fills the mind with imaginary arguments and things you'd like to say to that person that hurt you i command you to come out of these people in jesus name you are not welcome here in the name of jesus christ we speak life we bless people's families, relationships, marriages, ministries, just every interpersonal and even spiritual relationship to God. We bless it in Jesus' name. And we command every evil spirit, every worker of darkness that is messing with people's relationships and trying to break bridges, you get out of their life right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You can't stay here. You have to come out now in Jesus name, in Jesus name, mm -hmm. everything that God wants gone from these people today, come out and never return in the name of Jesus Christ. Get out permanently. Get out in Jesus name. You're not welcome in them. You have to leave. And father, we just thank you for everyone that received freedom from this prayer. Lord, we know that you healed people from a distance. Jesus, you healed people in the word of God. There are testimonies where you healed and delivered people at a distance, and we believe it. Mm -hmm. In Jesus' name, Amen. thank you, God. Father, fill them with your Holy Spirit. Fill them with love for the person that hurt them. Give them an understanding of who they are in Jesus Christ what they've truly received show them lord how much forgiveness they've received and god your word says that the measure you measure unto others will be measured unto you so i pray that you'd you'd bless these people with grace and mercy and love for others that they've never had before in the mighty name of jesus amen amen god bless all of you um if you receive some deliverance tonight or need further deliverance prayer, you can email me at deliverancefromdemonspodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear testimonies of deliverance if you've received deliverance through this, or if the Lord starts a process of deliverance in your life today through this, or anything. Just reach out, talk to me. I'd love to hear it and um, fight the good fight. Do yeah. not give the place to the devil. And uh, if you receive deliverance today, just keep in mind the words of Jesus that the enemy tries to come back to the house. So if you notice things 
coming into your mind, if you notice unforgiveness in your mind, don't give it place. Fight against it. Fight against it. Deny it. Bless the people. Something that's really will help you forgive people if you've got a lot of anger or bitterness is genuinely sit down and pray for their best interest. Amen. Pray for their best interest. Pray that God would bless them with everything that he's blessed you with and more. And, and beg God to heal you and change your heart. And he's faithful to answer that prayer. He says, if you ask for a good thing, you'll receive it. Everyone who asks, receive. He who seeks, he who knocks, the door will be opened. He who seeks will find. The Lord's not going to give you a serpent if you ask. So, um, I'd encourage you guys, like always, to pray and ask the Lord to reveal every demon that's in your life and ask him to show you how to be free from them. And uh, seek Christ. Seek him daily, moment by moment. Learn moment by moment what it means to be in him and give him everything. We bless you. We bless your walk in Jesus. May the Lord himself sanctify you wholly in body, soul, and spirit. Amen.